and boom goes the dynamite. Boom goes the dynamite, 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 boom goes the dynamite, dynamite, boom. And boom goes the dynamite. Welcome to episode 95 of Boom Goes a Dynamite, the AEW Dynamite Review Show here on the PWM Podcast Network. I'm Jeffrey. With me tonight is Paul Sebastian. Paul, how are you doing this week, my friend? Jeff, it's Sunday. It the is. The Lord's Day. The sports day. Uh, still. We know what that means. It means shit. Liverpool destroyed Man U 5-0 at Old Trafford. Holy shit. That was a match to watch. Yeah, I, I saw, I picked some things up on that. However, Jeff, no, that is not what I'm talking about. That's not the football that we're talking about on this Sunday. Well, I don't care because the Steelers didn't play this week. So, you know, I, I got to relax a little bit, you know. It's Not- NFL Sunday, baby. That wasn't even the one I wanted. That was the Fox one, but I was just pulling it up quick. <laughs> yes, it is NFL Sunday. This is a football podcast now because I kind of been watching sports all day and forgot what happened on Dynamite. So, um, <laughs> yeah. How about Jamar Chase? Who? Had a great, great day today. 201 yards. Who does he play for? Cincinnati Bengals. Yeah, I mean, I, I was glad to see that the Ratbirds lost, but kind of bummed that it was the Bengals that did it to them. But yeah, no. It is. I mean, an unexpected result for a Bengals Ravens game that are usually somewhere in the range of like thirteen nine or like nineteen sixteen kind of games. Yeah, uh, scoring a fair and yeah, big day for Jamar Chase, uh, carrying the torch for fantasy football owners everywhere. Myself included, I have Jamar Chase in, in a league. Uh, in. So that's great. Uh, so. The Lions and the Rams are locked up in a very shockingly close game right now. I fully expected Matt Stafford to absolutely light his former Detroit Lions up. Uh, but the Lions are keeping it real close through uh, sheer will and blowing out their entire book of trick plays. Wow. So uh, that's very interesting to watch as well. Uh, I may or may not have football on while recording this very podcast. I'm not going to tell you definitively that I am, just maybe that's happening. You don't know because you can't see. Well, I, I was just curious how your week was because I kind of had a little bit of a <laughs> breakdown earlier this week. <laughs> oh, Jeff, how was your week? Oh, nah. Um, yeah, Thursday was not a good day, and... Um, For external reasons, but also because of just the the combination of Kota Ibushi's uh, injury and the fact that Katsuyori Shibata is is back and saying that he's going to come back to wrestling. That's that's the good part. That's not a bummer at all. That kind of rules. No, it does not rule because I don't think Shibata should be coming back, honestly. And and I've been pretty consistent in saying this. Uh, he, he's he's a grown man, and it seems to have. I mean, look, we I, we can't we can't claim to know the extent of these guys' injuries or what their recovery looks like or where they're at. 
Uh, obviously, they and the people around them are much, much more informed. Through seeing returns of guys like Brian Danielson um, and, and others, obviously there's a road to it, Edge and Christian as well. So I, there's a path to this, obviously. There's a path to recovery. Modern medicine is just way further than it used to be. So, look, if, if these guys feel that there's a way that they can, you know, continue to have a career on their terms and be safe, all the best to you. Uh, you know, I, I think what he did with Zack Sabre Jr. and, you know, kept things grappling focused and kind of established that he can wrestle a more grappling focused style going forward to ease the mind of fans and things. I think that's really good uh, and a good direction for him. So, you know what? I think there's a right way to do it, and I hope that they're doing it the right way. Because, look, the guy wants to go out on his own terms, and I don't really blame him for that. Yeah, but it just for God's sake, do not headbutt anybody anymore, period. Don't headbutt anybody. No, it's, it's totally okay to not headbutt anybody on this next run. Super fine to do that. Jesus. Like Danielson has scared me like a whole bunch of times, but ultimately he has settled into a style, and we'll talk about Danielson's wrestling style on this podcast, I'm sure, but he settled into something that is safer for him long-term while still being able to entertain the fans just as much, if not more. Uh, so, you know, you got to evolve your game, and I trust Shibata will be a guy to be able to do that. Right. Well, whatever the case, I, I, I nearly lost it and, and nearly just, you know, quit, quit the blog the other day, and it, it was just, yeah, it, it was just not a good day. But, you know, maybe I am suffering a little bit of burnout writing about New Japan Pro Wrestling constantly, which is ironic considering I also am not getting paid to do uh, wrestling pieces. You know, just, you know, what, what one piece a month-ish, you know, as a side gig. Hey. You're, you're a professional. Uh, but yeah, it's we talked about this before. Like, you know, doing wrestling media is so tied into the quality of the product, or at least the experience you're going to have as the person creating the content. It's just directly tied into the quality of the product and your enjoyment of it. So yeah, New Japan and- has not been great as of late. So I don't blame you for uh, for having some trouble on that side of things, right? It, it's, it's not easy to grind through it when you know it's not enjoyable. You know no one else is really enjoying it. It just kind of makes it like a why are we here type of thing. And it's out of your control, right? Like, you're not the one booking the show. Yeah, and I, and I know all these things are cyclical, too. And I think a lot of it, too, was just the fact that, um, you know, this time around, we had like a whole two days break in between the end of G1 Climax and beginning this tour, which started today. And I was just like, oh, man, I need a fucking break. You know, you just need a break? I get it. Like, one of the things that's been great about following AEW is that it isn't an exhaustive experience for a fan. Now, well, you not, you well can, like, not yet, but now we have shows four days a week on for AEW now. But what's cool about Elevation is that they really, like, don't count. Like, you can watch them or not watch them really at your leisure. They're there for you if you need supplemental matches. But, like, AEW doesn't make you feel like you have to consume it in order to keep up with their product in a way that, you know, others kind of do, you know, tying in all their stuff. And I think that strategy is good. Yeah, for now, it's fine. Like, Rampage is a one-hour show. Now, if Rampage goes to two hours, and if they start doing more than quarterly pay-per-views, that might lead to the, that same kind of thing. But Yeah, we may have to re-examine what we're doing. You know? Yeah, but, you know, we're not we're not here to make up guys to get mad at. Right now, we're on a good trajectory, you know? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah right. So, uh, in any event, uh, so that that was that. But, no, I, I mean, every everything's cool. It was just, th- th- there were also a lot of external circumstances why uh, Thursday was just a really bad day, and it just all kind of came to a head for me. But, you well, know, well, we're, it's Sunday, we're here now. We started new, and we're here doing Boom Goes the Dynamite, the number one hot, new, and nice uh, AEW Dynamite instant recap podcast. Uh, and so before we get into it, 
quick hits because it was a big weekend for wrestling outside of AEW. GCW had a couple of big shows. Oh, they yes, they did. I still have not seen Bloodsport, unfortunately. But... And, and I have not seen the second half of Boray, so I don't want to talk about that with you right now either. I still need to watch that. Uh, but it happened, and a lot of stuff was good. A lot of stuff happened at Impact at Bound for Glory. Oh, jeez. I saw a lot of tweets about that ending. Uh, there was some good. There was some bad. The, uh, the Inspiration, formerly Iconics, debuted. I love them. I love their whole vibe they have going in. They got the custom music video and the entrance and stuff. Uh, that's really great. Uh, Trey Miguel looked really good in that match, uh, the, the X Division stuff that they did there. So there was some stuff there. I didn't catch the whole show, but what I did catch... Surprise! Like this is what Impact does, right? They have these like interesting shows every few months, and then just blow all their momentum. And yeah, I expect they, it to happen again, especially in the wake of uh, it being announced that the AEW Impact partnership after last night's show is Dunzo. Now, is that true? Because from what I understand, the source for that is questionable at best. Okay, interesting. Well, I mean, I, I've noticed that relationship has been cooling. They haven't been as active in it. And Christian did drop the belt last night. That's right. Uh, yes, he did. Yeah, yeah, I thought so. Uh, so yeah, I mean, there's no more AEW people holding their titles. The only thing that's really there still is the, the presence of the Good Brothers. So yeah, well, we haven't seen true. that, and we haven't seen them on AEW TV the last couple of weeks either. Sharp so, eye, it, Jeff, sharp eye. It's almost like it's almost like Adam Cole's kind of <laughs> taking their spot now. Well, but, I mean, yeah, I get that. <laughs> yeah, but, you know. <laughs> um, so yeah, there, there was a lot of good stuff, but. Uh, I, I think we, we should probably get right into this uh, Saturday Night Dynamite. And, and there was, I'm interested to talk about this one more than I have previous Saturday Night Dynamites, Jeff, because I think there was, there was more worth discussing on this one than some of the prior Saturday Night efforts. Well, that's fine. Yeah, let, let's do that. Let's let's go live to the Edition Financial Arena in Orlando, Florida for oh, what? the Edition Financial Arena. What the are you telling me what what is that what that's that is the that is the, that is the venue whereby explain yourself the, the, that is the venue whereby AEW Dynamite took place last night my friend the on the campus of the University of Central Florida um, I love that the bank has a, a sponsorship at a at a college where they're probably crippling all the people there with student loans hey how about hey got to love that capitalism uh your wow. host Jim Ross Tony Shivani <laughs> Your host, Jim Ross, Tony Giovanni, and Excalibur. Uh, we go right in with a first-round AEW World Title Eliminator match between Dustin Rhodes and the American Dragon, Brian Danielson. Um, the first note I have on this is the announcers were talking about the fact that Dynamite will be back this Wednesday, which, thank God, because these weekend Dynamites are starting to kill me a little bit. Terrible. Off, man, it just it throws off your whole week. It makes you feel like it days does. aren't the right days. It anymore. really like does. Thursday, Thursday really felt like Friday to me this week. Uh, yeah, weird shit happens. It just the vibes kind of change all over your week, and it kind of just affects me too much. Like if you have your schedule built around like, oh well, this thing is on this day, this mm -hmm. time. Yeah, but also <laughs> it's really. But also, they are now mentioning that uh, Dynamite will be on some sort of time delay for the Mountain and uh, Pacific time zones. All right. Well, so, I mean, I'm uh, interesting. Up with that Mountain and Pacific time, friends. Well, yeah, that that'll be uh, our brother, good brother Chris Damaseno, living in Denver. But I don't think he actually watches the TNT feed anyway. Shh, uh, Chris will don't probably tell have it on, uh, on like the fight VPN, right? Yeah, probably. Knowing knowing yes. him. Uh, anyway, 
what did you think of this particular uh, pro wrestling contest? Well, Jeff, uh, we'll start by saying last week on this very podcast, I expressed my excitement for this matchup. Uh, I said I was really, really, really looking forward to this. Like, this is like extremely my shit. I uh, said it was a very inspired pairing and completely delivered. In fact, beat my expectations. My expectations for this one were very high to start with. Uh, I thought this match was fantastic, Jeff. Yeah, uh, Danielson and, and, and Dustin. Now, I, I'm sure that they wrestled each other at the other place. Uh, under ah, their, their ah, previous yeah, names. I, I come to you with information uh, on this. I did my research, sir, and it turns out they did not wrestle each other Never? Uh, in WWE. No, they wow. teamed together a few times ah. during the uh, during Daniel's feud with the Wyatt family before ah. he like, did the brief join. Uh, he had a couple of uh, six man tags with it was Cody, Dustin, and Brian mm. taking on the Wyatt family. Uh-huh. That had happened, so they've been on teams, but they had never wrestled against each other. Well, that's interesting. Yeah, which makes this thing even more interesting to me because I feel like that's one you could have had Goldust and Brian wrestle each other at any point in time while you had both those guys, and it would have been awesome. Well, as like, we I, a, a recurring theme I seem to be coming up with is that they could have done so many good things in that company, and they just chose not to. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, just willfully deciding to uh, turn an eye to that. To, I mean, look, they wanted to sports entertain, and that's what they do, and that's where they're at. So go ahead and do some sports entertaining, man. Yeah, but uh, this we're was not. This was not. Over here yeah. our good old fashioned wrestling. Yeah, this was not we're sports entertaining. This this was this was twisty turning wrestling. This was wrestling, this was wrestling uh, sir. Uh, it was yeah, incredible ring chemistry, and yeah, it was uh, just like a when when you have two guys that come together that one are great ass kickers two are great technicians and Dustin selling for Danielson's move set really, really made this match. Uh, we've been talking for weeks about how like Danielson makes all of his moves look like they could finish you. And he's got a different finisher with each uh, match. So this variety of his moves that makes him look so dangerous. He looked his most dangerous in this match because even every strike, every kick, every forearm, even like the way he whip them into the corners or like hip toss and drag Dustin made everything. Like he sold everything like shit that hurts even just a little bit more than it normally would. You know? Yeah. And I noticed that, um, yeah, he once again, used a different finish, uh, this week. Uh, just a straight up guillotine, the flying guillotine, beautiful yeah. stuff. Uh, great match. Uh, they went to Tony niece in the crowd and I didn't realize yes. that he, he was no longer at down in. Yeah, well, I mean, he was in Orlando, but you know what? I, he was no longer in Orlando. If you know what I mean? No, no New York for him anymore. Uh, yes. I, I couldn't really remember it, but whatever. Uh, he was announced to have had, a, I think he had a match on these AEW dark tapings in Orlando today. Mm. So I believe so in, 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 in the dark pack zone. He is. Yeah. He's hanging out in the dark pack zone. So how about that? Uh, Brian Danielson does get the win, as we mentioned with a guillotine. Uh, so he advances to face the winner of uh, Lance Archer and Eddie Kingston, who we'll find out later on in this very episode. Um, Dark Pack Zone, also uh, me, uh, online gambling. <laughs> a lot of Dark Packs are made. Uh, coming up uh, after that, we have a uh, promo backstage with Kenny Omega and the Super Click. Um, this was actually kind of a decent promo with, you know, the 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 the, the coward shit tagline. 
Yeah, good energy. Uh, Kenny Omega not having like any more like highlight rings is like a little jarring. Yeah, well, like, his hair is like almost fully natural at this point. I haven't seen. I don't know if I've seen Kenny w- without any type of hair coloring whatsoever in a really long time. But really, also that's like the only thing I really focus on, like the way his hair like looked and his facial hair, the whole configuration. I just couldn't take my eyes off it, and I found it hard to pay attention during the promo. Right, but also, yeah, he, he uh, one day he will shave that that facial hair off because uh, he, he. Oh, it's great! This thing, I love it. I think it's great. It makes him look like such an asshole, and that's like perfect. Well, yeah, I, mean, I guess it does fit that character right now, doesn't it? Yeah, does he it wants not? to look like a prick because he's a. Pr- because he's a prick. Uh, speaking of pricks, we come back and we have a promo from FTR, uh, which gets mixed in with uh, comments from uh, both Penta El Cerro Miedo e Alex Abrahentes. And uh, I am not a fan of this angle at all. Penta and Alex are mad, probably in real life, too, because they're, they're doing this. Um, yeah, man, it's just... <laughs> We talked about we talked about the the, the Super Ranos match last week and how much we all hated it. And I, it was pretty pretty widely panned. I don't think a lot of people liked it. Um, and they just aren't recovering from it yet. I don't I don't buy it. I don't buy any of this. And I don't know what you're gonna do to make it work. I kind of just want FTR to take a back seat and stay away from the title picture until they resolve all this pinnacle stuff. Uh, this, this whole feud just feels unearned. Yeah, I, I, I agree. How it's gonna feel earned. I agree. And, and, and why for the, the triple only, A tag belts? You know? it is like the Lucha Brothers like getting a win, and we're it's what we all want already. And it's just I don't know. It's not that interesting to me right now, and, and that's crazy because like we're talking about FTR, like one of the unequivocal best tag teams on the planet, uh, who like they have, and I guess this is like the the common criticism of FTR, right? They just can't find that character gear that makes them like really the most interesting top tag team, right? And I, I guess it's just something here is missing. I don't know if I can fully articulate it yet because uh, I'm so surprised by my own reaction to it, honestly. Like, I, I want to like this, but I just don't. Yeah, this is this is not good. And also not good was this next segment in which uh, Tony Schiavone brings out Steve Stinger. Uh, and once again, Tony, stop calling someone. Just stop saying rat, okay? For God's sake. Jesus. I'm I'm done with this. I honestly, I honestly don't even notice he does it. Like I, I just, I think I tune out commentary a lot more than I used to. But also, I just kind of like, uh, and I keep my own thing on it. So like, I don't listen to interviewers and commentators and what they say as much anymore. Yeah, but also, uh, that's, what, that's something I've noticed myself over the last year. Yeah, well, Steve Stinger once again, and I'm also getting really tired of the AEW interview promo song, which is probably which probably came from WWE, where they bring a guy out and then. He gets interrupted before he even gets to say anything. And it's like, yeah, that's not my favorite sake. device either. I mean, it's, you got to get in there, I guess. But yeah, that it's not, it's not a device I'm a super big fan of either. I did think MJF side of things was good here. Other than that, yeah, this wasn't great. Really? Because he thought, did. Was, really? Because I, 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 I thought this, I, I thought that sucked too. I, I, I'm, I'm, I mean, oh, I thought it was better than, than any of the previous stuff involving Darby has been with him so far. Like I thought this one was like, cause it wasn't, especially I'd say the first half of the promo was, was a little bit stronger because it didn't, wasn't really as about Darby as much. Right. And like the stuff that they had been previous, it was kind of more like building himself up. I did like uh, him calling Steve Stinger, uh, Darby Allen's little emo dad. Right. And, uh, but then, so you know, name dropping Lex Luger, like, you know? Yeah. There's like things to like, and like, 
this is what MJF's doing, right? He's building himself up, you know, in, a, in parallels to Ric Flair's rise for good reason. And that makes sense. And, you know, going through Sting or having this program with Sting is a, a really nice, you know, path to that. Uh, yeah, that's what he wants. His career trajectory is that of, you know, these, you know, 70s and 80s top heels. And that's, you know, what he's trying to emulate in a modern sense. He hits and he misses sometimes, but that's part of the journey with him. And I do think, you know, with, when all is said and done, you know, he's going to end up being, uh, you know, a bit of a legend in wrestling. I really do think that's where he's well, at it. Well, well, we'll see. But yeah, right now, just th- this whole <laughs> angle has just not been working for me at all. Period. I'm not into the, the whole feud as all, but in a vacuum, this promo itself was fine with me. I don't yeah, know. I, 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 I'm ready for. Because here's the thing, I don't think Darby Allen is necessarily the the guy that they're. I mean, do I think he's like a guy with with a, like a potential for like a long future and long career in wrestling? Absolutely. Do I think he's up there with like MJF and Jungle Boy? Uh, maybe not quite. Mm. Maybe, but maybe not. But not. Well, the, and, and well, besides the the other issues which we have yet to discuss like, on this no, program, but oh yeah, we've. Well, we, we discussed it, and and well, yeah, but, uh, you know, it's wrestling, so we'll, more guys are going to pop up with those same questions. But you know, yeah. in in a wrestling sense purely, I don't know if he's one of the four pillars, and I would replace him with Griff Garrison. Is what I'm saying is <laughs> is Griff Garrison's a pillar? That's what I'm saying. Oh boy, yeah. Where the where where has he been lately? Is he still on? Uh, is he still on dark and? Yeah. He... He's doing stuff. Uh, I just saw Nick Camarado said something uh, uh, like snippy to him on Twitter, and he just quote tweeted him and replied with "Learn to wrestle, bro." <laughs> wow. Okay. All uh, right. A Chicago Bears player just uh, closed fist punched a Tampa Bay Buccaneer in the face. Did I not just? Did I not see uh, Patrick Mahomes get V triggered during a game? During uh, Patrick Mahomes, yeah, got just folded up like an accordion. Ooh, absolutely. Yeah, he and he he went out for the game, and they got smoked anyway, so they didn't bring him back in. He did pass concussion protocols apparently, so that's good. But they precautionarily because they were already getting beat up, uh, just left him out for the rest of the day. So uh, former Michigan Wolverine Chad Henney took over for the rest of that one. Interesting quarterback they former, Sam former, former Indianapolis Colt Chad Henney. Yes, he was a Colt. That's right. Yes, he was one of the best terrible football tattoos. He's got that awful like panther on the inside of his uh, bicep. Oh, really? Yeah. Jesus. So, yeah. Moving on. Classic, terrible tattoo. Love. Moving on. Uh, we go backstage with Tony Schiavone and Dr. Britt Baker, DMD. DMD. Oh, fuck. That was like two seconds, dude. Come on, man. <laughs> uh, you know, it, it's it, I'm going to blame the, the, the Saturday Dynamites for why we're, we're, we're just thrown off on our timing. <laughs> of course. I, I'm just going to throw I'm DMD. Just, there uh anyway yeah she talks some smack about uh about ty conti and 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 her and, uh, and specifically uh this this was an anatomy focused promo jeff and this was a very anatomy uh look Britt wants to talk about it so we're going to talk about it <laughs> okay uh, respectfully. <laughs> respectfully of course oh yeah uh, you know Britt, Britt mentioned that all ty does is uh show her ass uh and first of all i mean she's brazilian so yeah Duh. Uh, <laughs> Duh. The, the, yeah. the, the the views and comments of Paul Sebastian do not re- necessarily reflect the uh, the opinions and views of the PWM Podcast Network. 
I, I don't know who in the PWOM podcast network is going to say uh, Brazilians are not caked up, but uh, bring it on. Uh, but but in counterpoint, uh, Ty can also kick in, kick people in face. So, well, that, where do you think all that muscle, like, and all that force from kicking comes from? You have to. <laughs> these, all these things are tied together. Uh, and, and Ty responded specifically by saying, "Not only does Britt Baker not have the ass she has, but her action figure doesn't either." So that was, I thought, I, I did funny. see that. Yes. Uh, Chris, Chris actually pointed that out to me. <laughs> fellow, fellow, uh, Brasileiro. Chris Ty Conti's wrestling action figure is like super caked up. So I get it. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> it is, man. Look Our at second match of the <laughs> evening, <laughs> Penelope Ford versus Ruby Soho in a first round matchup of the TN, uh, TBS, excuse me, title tournament. Uh, wow. Uh, this is. Back, Jeff, because you were going to try to steamroll me, and I, I just have to bring it up. What if, what if, full okay, full gear for the title? Because one, you we glossed over that. The reason this promo oh, was cut true. is because Britt Baker and Ty Conti are wrestling for the women's championship. Ty Conti, women's title shot at a pay per view. Let's go. Let's do it. First of all, let's do hooray. it. Second of all, what if for that title match they just recreated the Kenny Omega Kana butt match? <laughs> <laughs> what if they just did that whole back? Just dead ass. Just recreated the whole thing spot by spot. Oh my goodness. <laughs> they would print money. <laughs> oh my goodness. Tony, give me the book. Uh so we we have a women's match in the first hour of Dynamite. That's Take interesting. Jeff. Well, we talked a few months back that uh especially in the wake of Britt Baker and Thunder Rosa that these are the kind of the moments where it looks like the momentum and the, and the tide is turning for the women's division. And we're starting to get it in the direction of where the AEW fandom knows it deserves to be right. Based on the talent that they have and the stories that they can tell uh, with the addition of the women's TBS championship, uh, the TBS title eliminator tournament. And some of the things that we're seeing on regular AEW TV, I think we're still on that direction, right? I still feel pretty good about that. Yeah, but we're still only getting, like, a, a, a promo and one match per show. Uh, well, at least on Dynamite, anyway. So, yeah, we'll see. Yeah, they vary a little bit here and there. They could still use more, but what they're showing is interesting stuff. It's it's good stuff on the storyline. And, you know, they're trying to spread around a lot of their top stuff on Rampage, too, and I get that. So, you know, they're, they're, they're finding other ways. We have to look at Dynamite and Rampage kind of as, like, one continuous story because they are, like, Rampage hasn't been treated like their B-show. Like, you can't, like, say, like, ramp, like nothing's getting, like, stuck on Rampage. Like, they're treating them as equal products right now. Well, yeah, I mean, you you don't reintroduce CM Punk on the B-Show, you know? No, I mean, CM, like, CM Punk's Dynamite debut is next week. Like, he's been wrestling exclusively on Rampage since he got there. Well, well and all out, but yeah. And he had one, he, he even went on Dark before he went on Dynamite. Oh. <laughs> uh, Allie the Bunny does show up to assist Penelope Four, which leads to a botched brass neck spot. Uh, that leads to was that on purpose? Was it supposed to be like, a, oh, she dropped it, and that's why there was the roll up or whatever? Yes, right. Yes, pretty much, basically, and that's yeah, and so Ruby Soho advances in the tournament to face uh, Chris Statlander in the next round. Uh, afterwards, uh, Penelope hey, wait, Ford had they wrestled yet? Did, he, did they wrestle once already? Uh. I think they wrestle. Maybe I'll have to look. Yeah, this is all right. I have to do uh live uh lookups here. 
no, 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 we really don't. I mean, we, we, you're we, listening we to this podcast here and you're yelling. I know what you need to do. If you want to have a good podcast, what you need to do is like, uh, do a thing where you might be right or might be wrong and have your listeners like yelling right at you. If then they know the answer <laughs> and we don't, like, that's like one of the hallmarks of great podcasting. And I promise you, I will give you this. Um, I can't find it off the top. I feel like they already wrestled once, but okay, whatever. You know, I, I feel like they did too, but I, I don't recall. Uh, Wasn't it like her second match coming out of uh, uh, her first loss? It was like right after that? I don't know. I can't. Anyway, the point is, um, uh, afterwards, you know, Penelope and, and the Bunny both try to rush Ruby, and then uh, Red Velvet comes to even those If odds, you so. listen to this podcast with the cage match window up in your browser simultaneously, please take a screenshot of if they wrestled before and send it to Boongo Zanoite uh, <laughs> on Twitter, at, at BGTD Podcast. Uh, we then go, do a uh, pre-tape segment with uh, MJF, Sean Spears, and Wardlow, uh, where they first start talking about Darby Allen, but then Wardlow's a little pissed off at at MJF, it seems. He's a little angry about the uh, becoming a sacrificial lamb to one Steven Stinger. Uh, MJF says, hey, easy, buddy. I just, and, you know, I thought this was very funny. He just straight up was like, no, I was super scared, bro. Like, I was really afraid. I'm, <laughs> I'm a total pansy. Uh, I, I'm a coward, and uh, I just, like, literally sacrificed you. But, hey, we're cool, cool right? Yeah, so. <laughs> like, just, like, he's such a shithead. Then he, he assigns uh, Wardlow an accountability buddy. Yeah. I, I... <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the only thing was just that hi <laughs> honestly maybe the best thing sean spears has done on his AEW run uh maybe just, the, the best thing he's done since being a perfect 10 or since smacking cody in the head with that chair yeah uh just so you know uh i have that cage match window open and it was on the uh it was on the september 8th edition of aew rampage chris statlander Riho, and ruby teamed up to defeat uh Brit, Jamie Hader, and, and Rebel. Oh, they were in a tag match together. Yes, that that's yeah. Got that, that, it. Yeah, okay. you should have known that because you would have talked about that on Friday night on Twitch.tv slash Wrestling Brain. Yeah, so if you want to see me uh, say things that I will immediately forget as soon as we uh, turn off the go live button, please check me out uh Twitch.tv slash Wrestling Brain Friday nights. <laughs> yeah, so, something about Labradors and in their memory. Yeah. Uh, our third match of the evening, Bobby Fish, which, Jesus Christ, why is he on TV so much now? Because he, he's really good at wrestling. I mean, that's what it comes down to. I mean, he's I good at wrestling. He, gets, uh, he basically just gets a quick TV squash against Anthony Green, who didn't even get yeah. an entrance. And uh, afterwards, he continues the extracurriculars, which brings out one CM Punk. This was cool, Jeff. Uh, I'm glad that we're continuing to move CM Punk forward. Like, this is, like, the first thing he's done that wasn't a come out, cut a promo, and get loved for six minutes before anything else happens. Uh, he just ran out and started a feud. Yeah. And I think we're going to get a really good match out of this one. Yeah. So, uh, that will be, uh, it looks like that's going to be happening on Dy- on Dynamite on Wednesday. So, Into it, it, uh, You know, it's nice they gave, giving Bobby, like, small wins to try to offset big losses it's not going to work forever. So in order to keep Bobby effective, you're going to have to have him get some signature victories. Uh, but, you know, him being kind of a gatekeeper for guys like Danielson and Punk and like get like strong victories over and matches that the crowd will be into, I think it'll be fine. I don't think like, people expect Bobby Fish to like be like a major contender or a guy that needs to win a lot. Uh, I think he just needs to go out there and have good matches. 
Uh, so uh, we then go backstage and we have Leo Rush and Dante Martin. And uh, Leo Rush, uh, well, actually, Dante Martin didn't seem too thrilled about this whole idea of teaming with uh, Leo Rush, but uh, that wasn't the worst part of this. The worst part of this was finding out that Creepy Mike Seidel is coming back to 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 action. So I yeah. thought you'd be happy. I thought you I thought you think that was good news, Jeff. What's wrong? Uh, let I me think. Like of, let me ponder like this that? for a second. No, <laughs> that's weird. I thought you would be into it. Um, no, this is. I mean, this this storyline continues to be interesting. In that we know it's not going to work out with Leo and Dante, but I'm excited to see how it doesn't work out with Leo and Dante. Like, does this mean Darius maybe comes back? And now with Matt and Mike and the brothers they're tagging against, I think that could kind of set that up. Do we see any kind of continuation with his stuff with Malachi Black? I certainly hope so. I, you know, and I do too. And, and, and I do too, because yeah, that's going to be. Well, that, that can, well, we'll get into that later. And I think there, that maybe that ties into something that happened later in the show, but um, yeah, I'm, I'm intrigued to see it. Leo is laying some really good groundwork to to kind of make this happen. And I think this is cool because whatever happens is going to elevate Dante coming out of it, which is, you know, the ultimate goal for things like this. Uh, so kudos to Leo for, for setting this up. Uh, yeah. So that's happening. Our fourth match of the evening, uh, which may have some discussion here. Um, another AEW world title eliminator match, Lance Archer versus Eddie Kings. And they went right at it and oh, even yeah. went right yeah, to... Yeah, yeah one entrance <laughs> and we we even get went right to using the 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 crowd plant as a prop <laughs> in there, the yes. a guy who is like probably like sort of over in orlando indies got himself a real nice opportunity there to get tossed by lance archer so you know good for him you Love to see that him. yeah moxie or i'm not sorry mox archer and kingston uh had a really strong little outing Obviously cut a little short, so I guess we got to get right into that. Oh, uh, God. It's kind of overshadowed by a pretty scary finish. Oh, God. Yeah, uh, Lance Archer did a top rope moonsault and landed square on the top of his head. Yeah, uh, right on the crown. Right after, <laughs> you know, Kingston dodged it. And, um, yeah, shades of what happened on Thursday at Budokan with Kota Ibushi. Because, yeah. yeah. Koda, Koda was the arm, right? Didn't he break his arm? Uh, dislocated his shoulder. Dislocated shoulder. Ooh, Which, that's rough. Well, at least, I mean, it's it hurts really bad, but it's uh, not that difficult to recover but from, yeah, especially they, if you're an incredible athlete like Koda. I think he'll be okay. Yeah, they obviously called an audible there, and just, you know, rather than just do a referee stoppage after that, they just let, you know... Kingston roll him up for for an actual victory. Yeah, the which, uh, that Arthur was able to get back into the ring and finish, and that you know he he sent a uh, he sent a tweet out like a little bit later said he was okay. Uh, so it seemed like it what it wasn't as bad as it looked. Thank goodness, but it did look incredibly gnarly. Uh, being a big, strong man like Lance Archer certainly really helped his cause. I think uh, being a guy in the kind of shape he's in and having that strong neck uh, really helped him out there, man. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> That's so, a yeah, big that man was... takes a lot of punches right to his head. And, yeah, no, he got through it okay, and it seems like he's going to be okay. But it, I, it was really nice of AEW to see them take an abundance of precaution here. Yeah. I mean, it's Kingston was probably supposed to win this match anyway is my – probably guess on that which is why they probably went to that finish without saying uh, hesitating they were kind of just like fuck it let's let's just make it happen um but yeah i'm uh, just happy to see archer all right man that shit is just never uh it's ne never comfortable 
Yep, <laughs> it, it, indeed. It is never comfortable. Uh, we then go, after that, we come back from a commercial break, and we go into the ring, and we have Dan Lambert, Scorpio Sky, and Ethan Page. Uh, Ethan Page doing the majority of the mic work here. Um, Great shirt. Also doing the majority of the shirt work. It, indeed. Um, Sammy Guevara. Then, Jalen Ramsey just picked off Jared Goff over in that Lions-Rams game. Lion, or the Rams are up 25-19 to 19 with about five minutes to go, so they might sew this one up here if they score again. Uh, Sammy Guevara. Let's try that again. Sammy Guevara comes out and uh, basically accepts the challenge from, from America's top team, but then you know throws in some stipulations himself. Um, one so- thing I got to say about this promo that Daniel Lambert did really great is when Sammy threw the fat face dipshit line in to get the crowd chant going, Lambert lost his mind. Like, it was the worst thing that could ever possibly happen to him. And not enough heels do this kind of shit. Like, they just, like, heels want to be so cool all the time. I know, yes, like, they do. Even when they're, like, getting booed or getting, like, they'll, like, oh, screw you. Or they'll go, like, oh, I don't care. Like, be cocky or whatever about it. Dan Lambert, like, really acts gotten to. And this is, a like, kind of a lost art. You know what I mean? It's like, no, no, no. How dare you? Don't you call, don't, don't, don't call me that. Don't you call me that. And like, it really doesn't. I hate giving the guy credit and bringing this name up in a positive manner, but really like is the best parts of Jim Cornette, right? No, 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 no. I agree. I mean, it's obvious. I mean, Lambert basically is doing Cornette's gimmick. Uh, and you know. that's fine because like Lambert also probably as annoying as Cornette in real life, but. Yeah, um, I I actually wrote this down. This was actually a pretty okay segment, I thought. I, I, I and obviously well the, done, yeah. the the difference here is that there was no Chris Jericho, <laughs> because mm. yeah, uh, yeah. I mean Jericho's had some misfires. I'm glad he's out on the cruise, clearing his head. Maybe he'll come back stronger. Yeah, but I mean they even they I mean they even riffed on that in this. You know, talk about Jericho's in his awful awful promo last week again with uh, Paige Van Zant. Yeah, it was bad. It sucked. It, it was, was it was horrific. Yes. So moving on, we get. But wait, John- what do you think about this match and the stipulations? So uh, Sammy Guevara challenges American Top Team, full inner circle versus full top team. However, he has to, in order to earn this match, uh, defeat Ethan Page uh, and successfully defend his TNT title. If he does not win this match, not only does he lose his TNT title. He has to leave the inner circle forever. Then let's throw another stipulation on top of a stipulation, Jeff. If Sammy wins, he also gets to choose which American top team members uh, are in the match. Yes. Uh, uh, the only thoughts. part the only part that doesn't this. make sense to me is forcing Sammy to, to depart from the inner circle because it's like he already did that once on his own. So I, I don't know. Right, but he came back stronger than ever because he loves them even more now. So now it would really be a big deal. Yeah, I don't know. I, I thought that I thought that part was uh, was unnecessary, but you know, it's it's whatever. Now, what they the well, okay, never mind. I was gonna say they could have done a, a unit must disband match, but they already did one of those and with the circle. That, yes. Yeah, they already. I just remember they already did one of those. So you know, I, I don't know. I I thought Inner that that circle and and to their credit. And one of the reasons they've been so successful is because they've ran the gauntlet and litany of like different gimmick matches and shown different looks and they've been very creative. And like for a team and a a grouping of people that could get pretty stale pretty quickly. And I feel like people could get pretty bored with because on their own, they're not like all the most interesting guys um, have really thrived by like 
uh, working within their story elements really well and telling different stories and doing different things. The downside of that is eventually you're going to run out of this stuff. Yeah. Right? Or, or maybe not. I don't know. It's pro wrestling. I guess you never run out of it. I don't know. Or you just Do you ever run out of gimmicks? Or, 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 or you, you just recycle it and then hope that everybody has a short memory. That's true. And you know what? It turns out we do, Jeff. It turns out we do. <laughs> uh, we then go backstage with John Moxley, uh, cutting a absolute, the best promo he has cut in quite some time. It has to uh, be said, because I thought I, his promos were going off, starting to go get a little samey and, and going a little bit off the rails. This one ruled. I love this. He fell into a rhythm, and for good reason, because his head has been in other places, right? And we've kind of known that. I think people have cut John Moxley a lot of slack, right? Like, look, man. Guy's got a kid at home. He's obviously very like upfront about how much more focused he is on that than he is on wrestling. And we have, and he's bought enough goodwill with us, the fans, that we're totally okay with that. Um, in addressing specifically that head-on within this promo, uh, he was able to be more authentic than he's been maybe in his entire time in AEW. He's had been more passionate and more uh believable in anything he's done or said i think since he's got here and cut what is to me right now today jeff my promo of the year that's the best promo this was fantastic i think think adam pages a couple weeks ago is probably up there too but this was this was nothing short of beautiful i thought it was it was absolutely beautiful um you know, he, he just said exactly what, what's on his mind. Uh, none of this shit matters when he goes home and looks at his daughter. And I believe him, Jeff. That's the thing about it is I 100% believe him. Yeah. Uh, the, this the, is just him being as real as it gets. None of this shit matters. But on the other side of things, it's what he does. So what else is he going to do? He's going to come back and kick people's asses. That's what he's going to do. Yep. No, this was great. Um, it was it was incredible. Yeah. Yeah, man. It, it made, and, and this show had it's good. It had a couple misfires. But, man. It's hard to call this any like th- this show tough as a whole when it's uh, I think to me even centered around this because it really it brings the stakes of the title eliminator perspective like into perspective. Right. People so focus on Hank and uh, Kenny and their match coming up, but this title eliminator tournament sort of feels like it's taking a back seat to that. But Mox immediately made this feel so important because it's so important to him and he's so important to this entire scene. Yeah. No, 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 this was, this was fantastic, and uh, yeah, we hope for more of the same. Uh, we come back from break, and we get uh, Adam Page and the Dark Order. They're back together, and everything's hey, cool. Buddies, pal. Everything's well, cool. well, is it, Jeff? Is it? It should I be. I think maybe it isn't. So, mm-hmm. we'll see. Do you think, you think Adam Page was kind of fucking with them here? I don't know. I kind of felt like Adam was fucking with them. Because he kind of, I felt like he patronized them a little bit. I kind of feel like he's like, hey, well, you know, you know, those guys are coming with costumes. So, you know, as long as they aren't coming with like, that fucking, as long as they ain't coming with this, the fucking Undertale video again. <laughs> the Undertale one was funny. I mean, I didn't really play Undertale, but I thought it was a funny costume. But no, like, no, 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 no. Like, does this? No, no, not the costume. Not the costume. The the, the video where Kenny oh, was slagging off New Japan. Oh, the video was funny as hell. I thought that was oh, really. I well hated done. that video. Oh, it was. I thought it was great. I hated um, that video. I, I that that video just irritated and like me. The, and like those uh, overtures to uh, to Kota and stuff. I thought that was really well done. Uh, I hadn't thought about that in a while. I no, I thought I, it, I thought it was awful. But oh, I, but he, he, here's a mask. Uh, speaking but, of, no, here's the biggest thing about it, Jeff. I didn't get this. 
he, as he gets them to walking, he just like slowly walks away and just leaves them to like argue with each other. Did you not notice that? I, I noticed that, but I don't think there was anything malicious behind that. I mean, he did, you know, he did apologize know, to him, so you know. I I know I, I'm interested to see where this kind of pans out because, like, again, we talked about like where Dark Order has gone since he's left, and it's kind of nowhere, right? They haven't really done anything of note besides lose a bunch uh, since he left, and it kind of feels like they're a bit rudderless and. I, this didn't do a lot to convince me that Adam Page has their back. Yeah, I think I think we'll see. I, I think we will see. I, 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 I do, do have we'll I do have one note though. Speaking of costumes, does Evil Uno have a new mask? Is it new? I didn't really notice. It looks slightly different than it did before. It seems like I'll have to look. I'll have to take a closer look at that. That's possible. Well, I sent you a he pic. I, I sent you a close up pic of said mask last night. Oh, you did, didn't you? Yes, I did. With uh, yeah. yeah, he he yeah. he and Abaddon oh, yes. attending an event. Think, yeah, it looks a little bit different. It does. Yeah, I, I, very subtly, but it's there. You know. Yeah, yeah. So, I like that Abaddon's got the full get up uh, uh, on. Well, she's out there as well. Yeah, that's right. But that shirt he was wearing in that uh, pick too, Jesus. Shut. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, he's looking like a pimp on the Jericho Cruise. That's a, a great look for the Jericho. Oh, cruise. is that on the Jericho Cruise? Well, how is that? Wait, that's how on the Jericho that... Cruise, yeah. Well, how could that be on the They're Jericho Cruise if he was at Dynamite? Oh, wait, that, that was, was a pre taped segment, wasn't it? Pre taped. Uh, yes, sir. Good point. I didn't think about that. Yeah, I didn't realize. Multiple Dark Order uh, folks are on the cruise right now. I did not even realize that, so. Okay, all right. Our fifth match of the evening, uh, Jungle Boy versus Brandon Cutler. Can I just say that I actually really liked Brandon Cutler's shoes? I did not notice. Um, I just kind of glazed over on this one. I thought it was pointless. Yeah, it, well, it was pointless. It was just uh, it was just a squash match, which led to a beatdown from the super click, which, you know. Yeah, no, that's the reason to get there and everything, I guess. But, like, eh, whatever. I don't really... Watching Brandon Cutler get beat up by one of the best wrestlers in the world does not interest me, really, in any way. Yeah, the, the, yeah, just this was just... I don't really care about squash. Say again? It's particularly strong. I don't like, um, like a premier wrestler squashing the lowest member of a faction like as a storytelling device. I just think it's stale. Okay, you know what? I, I, I'm not going to agree or disagree with that. That's, uh, it, it's a fair comment, so... Uh, one thing that is not stale, uh, Miro continuing his feud with God. Beautiful. Beautiful. I, 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 him versus God. He's basically that, uh, that French Canadian kid from the South Park movie. (laughs) Oh God. I haven't thought about that movie in ages. Deep cut. I have, so, uh, I have in some of my weird spare time have been watching season one episodes of South Park here and there. It's been a very funny experience. Hey, South Park, back before it helped destroy uh, Western civilization. Uh, anyway, our six and this final... This is why you don't give TV deals to libertarians. That's right. Uh, our six and final match of the evening, uh, the Homelander, Cody Rhodes, I guess. Uh, Malachi Black. I still don't get Homelander vibes from him just because he's not scary enough to be Homelander. Hmm. Okay. Because Homelander's actually here's the thing about it. Homelander is like actually sinister and has ulterior motives. Cody doesn't. Cody just wants to be loved. Like he really does. Like Cody won't destroy the world to be loved. He'll just get sad. 
<laughs> uh, we did get juice in this match. We got a bunch of juice in this oh, match, in fact. Of course we did. Are you surprised? We were. Yeah. <laughs> either way, regardless of the result, I, I felt like someone was bleeding in this one. Um, the match itself, before we get to anything else, what did you think of that? Like, just the match. You know, I, I it, it was a decently wrestled match. Uh, I was not disappointed by the result because I knew that this was going to happen. <laughs> so so I, I thought the match itself was quite good. Um, yes. One of Cody's maybe better in-ring performances of late. Uh, Malachi elevates all of his opponents. We've seen that. Like Malachi's just had nothing but good matches since he's got here. Um, so the match itself, I thought, was very good. And I, obviously, I said, you know, the most interesting thing we could do is have Cody lose again and have Cody lose badly. I think that was the the way to tell this story. And when the match started, Cody immediately wrestling this sort of like furious but disheveled pace, right, where he was like trying to beat Malachi to the punch, but, but he intentionally, it felt like he was rushed, right? Like, like he was missing stuff because he was rushing. I thought that maybe it was going to have been the story that they were telling. And it kind of was, but it took a turn towards Cody actually gaining the momentum and actually overcoming it and doing the, the natural, you know, blow off to this feud and winning this match against Malachi. Um, ah, you know, ah, <laughs> I, I again, brother. I I knew that this was going to be the result. I mean, and a lot I, of people did. I was really hoping for again a continuation of this feud because I thought there was more story to tell, especially through a Cody loss and a lot of stuff to sink the teeth into. I know people are ready for Malachi to move on, and I get that, but I really do think there was more here. Not sure if I think that anymore, and that's the unfortunate part of this. I guess the idea is to get both people to move on now, but this just felt unearned, and it just. Didn't feel like we were there yet for Cody to get this win. But also, uh, did you notice the the Get Your Glock chant? Yeah, the Get Your Glock chant was pretty funny. Um, um, but also, uh, okay, so th- there was something that happened on Rampage on Friday where suddenly now uh, Andrade El Idolo and, and Jose are are doing biz with Malachi Black, but which, of course, you know, brings Pac out to, you know, beat the shit out of Andrade. That was really a really well-constructed segment. That part of things uh, got me really excited for Pac and Andrade because those guys, I mean, coming off their Rampage rematch, incredible ring chemistry, and I think a lot of us want to see them just go at it more. So, hey, any chance we get to see those guys lock horns, I'm cool with it. Yeah. Um, Boy, the crowd was fucking hating Cody, though, and and loving Malachi Black. This was really interesting, too, because last week on Rampage at the James L. Knight Center in Miami, they were cheering Cody quite a bit by the end of that. Uh and I thought this was interesting because that was kind of different than what we had seen from Cody crowds. And I had wondered if that had like signified a shift. It did not. It was an isolated incident. <laughs> yeah. Well, again, uh, as you pointed out, you you hated the crowd in Miami and have several times. So they're not good. Uh, this Orlando crowd was slightly better, but uh, yeah, this. I mean, I would boo too because it wasn't the right result. I think it was just not satisfying. I don't think it, and it's hard to find it to be satisfying for anybody. Really, but, even Cody, how can you? I mean, it just feels unearned. But I also love the fact that the announcers, in true WWE fashion, completely ignored the fact that the crowds were were hoping Malachi would win over Cody Rhodes. Well, it wasn't the day after WrestleMania, uh, Jeff. So they couldn't do you know the thing they do where uh, the fans here are so passionate. Uh, they, they they cheer when they normally boo, and they, they, they boo when they normally cheer. <laughs> it, 
It's all about passion here. Oh boy, yeah. I, I, again, the the WWEification of of wrestling, and even AEW is guilty of it at times. It turns out. It turns out, uh, you know, wrestling tropes are hard to shake. Something we talk about on this podcast ad nauseum. So, uh, and of course, Cody Rhodes does get the win over Malachi Black. So, but now they're going to say that, that this means he wins the feud, even though really Malachi Black has a two to one advantage over him. So, yeah, and, and it's I guess it's a way to separate them. I don't think we're seeing the last of them, you know, wrestling each other. We'll see them again, like maybe in a TNT title situation, or maybe in some like as a residual of something else that ha- happens later. Maybe they come back to each other in a year or two. Uh, you know, I think these guys like working together is what it comes down to. So I think we'll see them work together more. And with that, we wrap up the second consecutive special Saturday edition of AEW Dynamite, which thank goodness we are going back to Wednesdays because, again, I'm these... ready to go back to Wednesday nights, Jeff. I'm ready to talk to you uh, right after the show ends. I'm ready to fire up the uh, the old podcast and equipment and uh, get right into it as the instant recap podcast uh, that you know and love. Paul, go ahead and plug yourself. You can find me on Twitter at CoolStepUncle on Twitch at twitch.tv slash ThickFlare with all C's and no K's. And, of course, every Friday night immediately after AEW Rampage goes off the air, you can find myself and uh, the big homie Nick East at twitch.tv slash WrestlingBrain for Wrestling Brain Rampage. Uh, we'll talk to chat. We have a lot of great segments. We get into news and stuff. We do all kinds of really fun stuff there. So uh, do come see us, say hello in chat, and I uh, hope to see you there. Uh, you can find me at Strong Style Story without the E in style on Twitter, personal Twitter, at GDWessel2S1L. Um, yeah, this is the only podcast I've done this week for the last for the last week. So, uh, yeah, and... Uh, I am still, despite my little uh, my my little public uh, throwing of of a wobbly there. Uh, you can still find me pretty much nearly every day on strongstylestory.tumblr.com writing about the the Shin Nihon Progress. Uh, Paul, any last words? Uh, yeah. Once again, never bet for or against the Lions. Uh, they're going to lose by not enough points to uh, to the Rams and uh, blow one of my parlays. So thank uh. you. Detroit Lions for not even being able to lose properly. Uh, well, that, that's our message to all degenerate gamblers out there. Uh, we'll see you on Wednesday. <laughs>